Hello, my little spirit orbs. You're listening to Trinity Radio, a podcast where we explore music with a shiny, dark edge. I'm your host, DJ Cheshire. And in today's episode, we are exploring songs that we don't know the words to, but love anyways. This episode will explore non-lyrical aspects of music. So we're going to discuss how instrumentation, symbolism, tone of voice, and composition are used to evoke mood in goth and electronica subgenres. You're listening to Trinity Radio. The title of today's episode is a quote from the 1998 movie Rush Hour, starring American comedian Chris Tucker and Chinese actor and martial artist Jackie Chan. The story begins when a Chinese-American diplomat's daughter is kidnapped in Los Angeles and held for ransom. As a high-profile case, the FBI gets involved. So desperate for help to find his daughter, the diplomat also calls upon his loyal friend from China, Detective Lee, who is played by Jackie Chan. Underestimating Detective Lee as a foreigner, the FBI places him under the supervision of local, wise-cracking police officer, Detective Carter, who is played by Chris Tucker. On top of being frustrated about being assigned what is essentially an adult babysitting job, Detective Carter makes the foolish assumption that because of his foreign descent, Mr. Lee doesn't speak any English, which further frustrates him. This sound clip is from the airport scene when Detective Carter and Detective Lee meet for the first time. Please tell me you speak English. I'm Detective Carter. Do you speak any English? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I cannot believe this shit. First I get a bullshit assignment that Mr. Ricerone don't even speak American. Come on, man, I'm right over here. I can't believe this film came out over 25 years ago. Although some of the jokes haven't really aged well from a political correctness standpoint, the moral of this story trumps all and still stands. When Detective Carter and Detective Lee both realize that they've been ditched by the FBI, they decided to team up to solve this high-profile case on their own. Although Lee and Carter can't stand each other and have so many difficulties communicating, they find ways to work together and eventually solve the case. So the moral of the story is, despite the cultural and language barriers, the main characters are able to connect through empathy and mutual interests. And that brings us to this episode. Music globalization is a phenomenon by which music from different cultures and countries is becoming more accessible to people all over the world. The process of music globalization is achieved by a number of factors. Prior to the creation of the recorded music industry, popular music was shared through sheet music, piano rolls, and live shows. The second influential technology that helped create the modern music industry was commercial radio. Once radio became widespread and popular, the worlds of radio and recorded music began to merge. What we know as the modern music industry began in the 20s when the combination of radio and recorded music would be used to make and distribute music. Most recently, music has been able to proliferate by means of international tours, internet radio, streaming technology, social media, and the increasing popularity of large music festivals. In the last decade, the borders between different music worlds have really fallen. So now we're going to take it back in time about 40 years. This is the 1980s. Get in my DeLorean. It's time for our first featured track. 
My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Today's first featured track is a bona fide cult hit from 1980 Switzerland, written by the new Deutsch Weltband Grautzine, which translates to gray area in English. This song is one you've probably heard countless times at 80s nights, post-punk nights, etc. But it's possible that unless you speak Swiss German or unless you've heard the English version of this song titled Polar Bear, this might be news to you. Even without speaking German, you can hear some universally familiar sounds. Some harsh Arctic gusts, whistling winds, and crunchy cold synth riffs. And as the first verse is sung, it becomes apparent that the duo is writing about a cold place and literally an ice bear. So without further ado, our first featured track is Grautzene's song, Ice Bear, on Trinity Radio. So here's an interesting fact that I recently learned. You might know the country Switzerland is in Europe, kind of smushed between France and Germany and Italy. But did you know that Switzerland also has four official languages? But depending on the region of Switzerland that you might be from, it's possible that you maybe speak one or just two of these languages. This could be a Swiss dialect of German, French, Italian, or Romanche. 
Although I don't speak any of those languages, I can't believe how long it took me to realize that Icebea is just about an ice bear. If you're with me on that, please connect with me and let me know I'm not the only one. I think it's possible that I just get so drifted away in the song, almost like being whisked away by a wind. And that kind of poses the question, does it, does it matter that you know what they're saying? Or is it more so about how the music makes you feel? Trinity Radio. On the topic of foreign languages, this next group is a modern Gothic rock band from Turkey. In 2010, Volkan Jener, Duruk Ostekjan, and former member Idris Akbulut released their first ever single, Kazvetli Kutlama, which translates to Bleak Celebration. I wonder if that's a tip of the hat to Depeche Mode's Black Celebration. Anyways, the band is known for their punchy bass lines, mischievous chord progressions, and bossy bass baritone vocals. So when you see that erratic Tim Burton hair, ghastly makeup, this duo's presence really speaks volumes. Most of all, it is just so that even if you don't understand the language, you can really feel that attitude of these musicians, this sense of brooding rebellion and also bleak passion. This is the band She Passed Away with their song Solik on Trinity Radio.
you just heard Soluk by She Passed Away. According to Google Translate, Soluk translates to pale in English. This song has a nihilistic premise. The artist is singing about the end of civilization, telling us that salvation lies in abandoning your faith and submitting to what is presumably the inevitable end of the world. That is as bleak as it comes, and I love it. This song and album was released under the management of She Passed Away's current record label, Fabrica Records. Fabrica is home to a plethora of international artists of the gloomiest variety. Also, in my opinion, this label is the embodiment of music globalization. Fabrica is based in Greece. However, their signed artists include Lebanon Hanover from Britain and Germany, Kaelin Mikla from Iceland, Cielo from Spain, Buzz Cole from Sydney, Australia, and a young promising artist hailing from my side of the world, California, USA. Harsh Symmetry is the solo project of US-based artist Jillian Shawarko, blending 80s post-punk with contemporary genres like minimal wave and modern dark wave and a lot of synth, Harsh Symmetry takes a modern take of a much simpler time. Some of Harsh Symmetry's cited influence comes from music his parents used to play, Susie and the Banshees, The Birthday Party, Iggy Pop, Depeche Mode, and Bauhaus. While his music definitely preserves the foundation of the culture's predecessors, he is far from a copycat. As a gifted multi-instrumental artist and vocalist, Harsh Symmetry goes above and beyond so many in his genre class. Now. Don't get me wrong, I love a hypnotic synthesizer track just as much as any electronic music enthusiast. But nowadays, there are so many producers who implement the same repetitive drum programming and gated snares. And it seems that many electronic songs can merely just be a beat and nothing more. With that said, Harsh Symmetry goes way beyond imitating his influencers and beyond playing out modern electronic formulas. His sound is so rich with textures like crystalline guitar melodies, snappy 707 drums, a strong voice, yet cryptic words. And that's why he's in today's episode. Harsh Symmetry has claimed that he'll never tell his lyrics. I've even seen his fiance make an Instagram post playfully stating, don't worry fans, he doesn't tell me either. And because his musicality has so many layers to it, it does raise the question, do we even really need to know the lyrics to appreciate the song? Hear it for yourself. This is Harsh Symmetry's Your Eyes on Trinity Radio.
Julian from Harsh Symmetry was gracious enough to answer a few questions for today's episode. While he was reluctant to make a recording of our interview, he did share some exclusive insights to help us understand his music, not the lyrics per se, but other aspects of its articulation. So here it is, an exclusive interview with Harsh Symmetry for Trinity Radio. In the making of his first album, Display Model, he stated, A lot of my ideas come out of questioning the role that artists play in our particular society, the difficulties of communicating, loneliness, and ego. He says, At the time, I was struggling a lot with the position a lot of artists are put in, creatively, financially, and socially. There's the need to make money and the need to keep up appearances, and all just to validate your actual art. Honesty and articulation are sometimes really complex things to achieve, and I think a lot of my writing tries to express that complexity. This is a follow-up question I asked in regards to his visuals and fashion sense, where Julian states, A lot of my visual influence comes from data and expressionist photography. The use of the mannequin on the album cover can support any number of things relating to the album, but generally, it's evocative. Moving on to question two. If any of you have had the privilege of seeing Harsh Symmetry perform live, then you may have heard his outstanding cover of Depeche Mode's song, Behind the Wheel. So I asked Harsh Symmetry, why did you choose this song to cover? And is there a certain verse with which you identify? He replied, firstly, I think Behind the Wheel is a beautiful and criminally underrated song, but mainly it fits really well in my live set. I think it's a dark, emotional song about control. As for the Depeche Mode verse with which he identified the most, Harsh Symmetry replied, Tonight, I'm in the hands of fate. For our final question, I really wanted to keep it lighthearted, so I simply asked Julian, what's your favorite color, not black or white? And he replied, right now my favorite color is royal blue. It's so beautiful. To support Harsh Symmetry, you can purchase music or merch directly from his Bandcamp page. You can also follow on Spotify so that you can have new releases downloaded straight to your library. Another way is to follow on Instagram. That is harsh.symmetry for announcements on future performances and upcoming tour dates. Our next musician is a Trinity Radio favorite, Claire Boucher, a.k.a. Grimes. Grimes is a Canadian singer, songwriter, and producer. As a multi-genre artist, her musical style is very diverse, incorporating elements of electronic music, rock, opera, and hip-hop. Grimes' lyrics often touch on sci-fi, medieval fantasy, and feminist themes, and her fashion sense is peculiarly avant-garde to say the least. Between 2010 and 2020, Grimes has released five albums and an EP. Most of these projects were produced right in her bedroom and independently distributed until 2013 when she signed to 4AD Records. This next song is from that 2013 breakout album, Visions. It was a collaboration with her then-boyfriend, dream pop musician Magical Clouds. This is Night Music on Trinity Radio.
That was Night Music by Grimes featuring Magical Clouds. Once again, Visions was Grimes' third studio album. So consider that timeline. This artist produced three full-length albums and an EP within less than three years. This impressive degree of productivity can probably be attributed to a few things. Around 2012, Grimes was attending McGill University studying neuroscience in Russian until she dropped out to focus solely on making art. However, Grimes had no music training at the time, didn't know any music theory, or even how to play any traditional musical instruments. But the albums are generally impressionistic in style, meaning that they focus on mood and atmosphere through the use of timbre, orchestration, and progressive harmonic concepts. So in my opinion, because Grimes wasn't thoroughly trained at this time and because impressionistic music doesn't really rely upon lyrics or clarity, its unfinished nature makes it possible to produce a lot more content than, say, an album that might have a lot more layers to it or an album where that is the creator's primary craft and they might approach it with a more perfectionist attitude. According to an interview I found online, Grimes concedes that this impressionistic narrative might be difficult to glean from her lyrics, which are generally elusive and shy away from specifics. In this interview about Visions, she states, I think I'm a shit vocalist. I think I'm like a very questionable vocalist. I could never identify as a vocalist, so for me, the production part is very important. In 2021, Grimes did an interview with Pitchfork to break down her albums. Here is what she had to say about Visions. This was like the first time I sat down and made an album where I was like, maybe some people will actually listen to this um, besides like my social circle. I mean, this is like a hipster ass album. That is most assuredly the case. I think I just I wanted to go insane. Like I, I was like, I should just do everything I can possibly do to go insane. We'll probably lead to something good. I was like really into Hildegard von Bingen at the time, who's a 12th century composer. She was in a cloister for like 15 or 20 years, which is like where you're just locked in a cage basically to commune with God or something. You know, she did all these illustrations and compositions and stuff. So I was like, I don't know, I'll, I'll just lock myself in a room. Yeah, I remember my roommate Marilis would like put little plates at the door. So I would like open the door and like eat some food. I think I said I fasted for two weeks, but I don't think I actually did. But I did black out the windows and all that. And I did truly go insane during the making of this album, I, I will say. I mean, I used to be so crazy that I didn't realize songs had lyrics. Like I thought everyone was just saying nonsense. Like I, I just thought it was okay to just be like, say a bunch of random shit and like use the word baby a lot. And then there's some like Anachmatova quotes and stuff. Yeah. In future recordings, Grimes transitions from a lush, ethereal sound to a more pop-like sensibility with very deluxe and transparent lyrics. So most recently, she has collaborated with musical artists like Janelle Monet, Io, Dido, Doja Cat, and she's also a voice character in the video game Cyberpunk 2077. For a heavy dose of fairy core, art, and fashion entertainment, I highly suggest following her on Instagram with the simple moniker at Grimes. Throwback Tracks If I didn't feature this next hit, I might as well have thrown away this entire episode altogether. Our next song is called Blue by the Italian music group Eiffel 65. It was the lead single of their 1999 debut album Europop and was a global sensation. This song reached number one in at least 18 countries, charting at number three in Italy and peaking number six on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. It even received a Grammy Award nomination for Best Electronic Dance Recording in 2001. From what we can make out, this song is about a man who lives in a blue world, with a blue house, a blue Corvette, but also blue on the inside, possibly alluding to his emotional state. 
Funnily enough, if you recall from earlier, royal blue is Harsh Symmetry's favorite color. Blue merits a spot on this episode because despite most of the verses being pretty clear and direct, listeners for the last 20 years have really closely scrutinized the lyrics to the chorus, if you can even call it a chorus. So here it is, Blue by Eiffel 65 on Trinity Radio. Yo, listen up, here's the story about a little guy that lives in a blue world. And all day and all night and everything he sees is just blue, like him inside and outside. Blue his house with a blue little window and a blue Corvette. And everything is blue for him and himself and everybody around, cause he ain't got nobody to listen to. I'm blue,
65. So what the heck do you think these guys are saying? I asked this question on a Reddit forum where I got some pretty funny responses. The most common reply was, I'm blue. If I was green, I would die. Makes sense because he lives in a blue world. Second most response, I'm blue. I'm in need of a guy. I'm blue. I will beat off a guy. (laughs) Okay, I don't really think I can say this is a show for all ages after that. And then the final answer, I'm blue. I will pee on a guy. Whatever he's saying, we can still grasp emotion from the repetitive use of blue alone. Colors are evocative. Take, for example, the song Yellow by Coldplay, Paint It Black by The Stones, or Red Right Hand by Nick Cave. While we can gather enough from blue, it's kind of just an annoying curiosity at this point. Like, inquiring minds want to know, what is he saying? This audio clip you're about to hear is from an interview by Vice Media Group. Vice met up with the members of Eiffel 65, Jeffrey J., Maurizio Lobina, and Gabriel Ponce to find out the origin behind Blue. This is the real story of the Blue Chorus. Blue came out in, in this way. I was playing with this piano roads and uh, these arpeggio. Well, let me explain the situation. My, my office was nothing else than the singing boot, and it was very near Maori's studio. Massimo, I remember that. He had to pass to my studio, even also to go to the bathroom. Come on, let's make something, just transform it in a song. In one hour, we have something like an arrangement. It's always time to write some lyrics. So, okay, we call Jeff, Jeff is upstairs. So I wrote like in maybe 30 to 40 minutes, three different lyrics to the track. I, got, I go back to the studio to the guys and I said, uh, okay guys, I got three lyrics to this. There is one that's normal, one is so-so, and this is totally freaked out. Which one do you want first? And Maori goes, I want the freaked out one. The weird one is uh, something like a color, he said. Uh, color like, what? something like I'm blue. What? I'm blue, you, 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 what, what means? You're sad, you're blue, the color, so you're a smurf. You, you know, you, you have a lot of questions you can do. Just one with one title. And I understood that everybody had their own way of seeing things. And then I thought that the metaphor of a color would be great. As if you had your own personal lens with your own personal color, that you would filter the world and everything. And that's what, it, what got me into writing the lyrics. And what we had basically was the lyrics of the verse and of the chorus, of course, which is the Dabadi, Dabadi, you know, the Dabadi thing came in from Massimo. He goes, why don't we just don't use words here and put in something that is so international that anybody can sing it. So that came my contribution, which is something that can be sung by a kid or can be sung by a crowd of football fans. They trust me, I don't know why. And believe it or not, what you're listening to today is exactly what I recorded that day. We never sang it again. What an amazing story. What's more amazing is that when Eiffel 65 released Blue, it was a complete flop. The group only sold around 200 records and they just shrugged it off as a loss and completely forgot about it. But in a wild turn of events, the song got picked up by a small local radio station in Italy. After that, a bigger radio station in Italy caught on, and within days, it was steamrolling its way to become one of the biggest hits of the late 90s, taking the electronic music group touring all around the world, and their song just shot up the charts. 1999, mind you, this is pre-social media, this is pre-MySpace, and email wasn't even that popular at the time. 
These are early stages of music globalization. Basically, a local radio station hears the song, a bigger station gives it airplay. Next thing, the artists are getting booked for shows, and then they're touring the world. That's the power of a catchy tune. But also, I truly think that by emphasizing a universal symbol, the color blue, the artists were able to capture such a common human emotion, this sadness, longing, loneliness that everyone has experienced, everyone can relate to at some point in their life. You're listening to Trinity Radio. I want to keep up with this bouncy retro vibe. Our next feature is a multimedia electronic punk artist from Los Angeles, California. Panther Modern is a solo music and visual arts project of Brady Keen. Brady is multi-talented. He's a vocalist, a guitarist, a drum machine programmer, and he's the only artist I know of who has a LinkedIn profile, which is a social networking site for working professionals. According to his LinkedIn, Brady is a visual artist and a cross-dimensional world builder. He attended the Savannah College of Art and Design and co-founded Builder, an LA-based project that makes computer-generated imaging and motion data infrastructure. He also uses these digital world-building designs for Panther Modern's music videos and promo content. Brady's visual art style really flaunts these futuristic elements like vivid fluorescent colors, chrome sheens, that hazy neon glow, and AI-designed dancing crash dummies. His music definitely seems to capture this flamboyant tone. So even though we can't always make out what Brady's saying in his lyrics, his use of punchy bass lines, blaring synth, and overall clamor is very electrifying. In 2019, Panther Modern released the song Creep, which would grow to be his top hit. But just three years later, Brady would make a reimagined version of his own song with an alternate intro and an alternate ending. That's just because he's so future. And it's really hard to describe until you hear it. So hear it for yourself. This is Panther Modern's Creep with the alternate intro and ending on Trinity Radio.
That was Panther Modern's Creep with the alternative intro and alternative ending. Some listeners may know Brady's work from the band Sextile, which he founded and Frontlines as a vocalist. As a vocalist for Sextile, there's some pretty obvious similarities between both musical projects. In both cases, Brady's singing style boasts a lot of attitude, somewhere between brash, but also really indifferent. And in both projects, it's really hard to make out the lyrics. But Panther Modern flaunts a slightly different vibe, a more synthetic, electro-futuristic kind of flair. And as someone who specializes in computer-generated imagery, Brady is able to synthesize his visual arts and musical talent to create an immersive, futuristic experience for his fans. To see for yourself, check out Panther Modern's Instagram at panthermodern double underscore. Trinity Radio. How are we doing, my little spirit orbs? We have come a long way in this episode. We've explored so many ways to express yourself musically without lyrics. We've explored tone of voice, fashion, color symbolism, impressionism, and even digital graphics. But what about the use of language or even the absence of language? Is it possible to have lyrics without words? Most would probably argue, no, you can't have lyrics without words. But this next band would beg to differ. Cocteau Twins was an ethereal, goth rock shoegaze trio from Scotland. They were active between 1979 and 1997, but have been disbanded ever since. Nevertheless, their music remains to be glorified for their uniquely gossamer sound and the soprano vocals of Liz Fraser, whose lyrics often shy away from any type of perceivable language. The Cocteau Twins' enigmatic sound really shaped the ethereal and goth rock genres. Their sound also helped shape renowned record label 4AD. If you recall from earlier in the episode, this is the record label that would first sign Grimes. But prior to that, 4AD is also renowned for releasing albums by big 80s and goth artists like This Mortal Coil, Bauhaus, Nick Cave, Dead Can Dance, and Clan of Zymox. The Cocteau Twins have been cited as an influence by countless present-day artists, including The Deftones, The Weeknd, and Massive Attack. Their 1990 hits Heaven or Las Vegas and Cherry Colored Funk have also made a resurgence among the TikTok generation. Not just because they're awesome songs, but because TikTok users are really obsessed with trying to figure out what Liz Frazier is saying. So here we have it. This is Cocteau Twins' Cherry Colored Funk on Trinity Radio. Yeah. 
was Cherry Colored Funk by the Cocteau Twins. Even though it's not clear what Liz Frazier is singing, it's such a beautiful, moving song and one of the Cocteau Twins' top hits today. According to an interview with Guardian, Liz Frazier revealed that she's always struggled to write lyrics. She actually even stated that she lacked the confidence to sing in English altogether, which is why her songs don't sound like any language at all. Rather, she would sing sounds and words that had no meaning. But I'd want her to explain it for herself, so I'm going to play you a clip from an old interview Liz Frazier did with 1FM Radio. In this interview, she gives insight into her famously unconventional approach to writing and even shares some of her lyrics. Uh, in the studio with me is Elizabeth Fraser from the Cocktail Twins. Hiya. Hi. Thanks very much for coming in. Uh, You're welcome. Uh, you know, can you say something about, about the lyrics, the, you know, the Cocktail Twins lyrics, how you go about sort of writing songs, where that comes from? Um, it depends where I'm at in my head. I mean, a song like Whale Tales that you just played, the lyrics um, are, are, are words that I found by going through books and dictionaries written in languages that I don't understand. And then, then and put them all together. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they, the words don't have any meaning at all until they're sung. So and will you start off with a particular subject in mind? Or have you just really sort of collected these words like a butterfly collector and then pieced them all together to make... You know? I did. I mean, I did it to sing so that I could sing something that wasn't just, uh, you know... And are there, are there words that, that fit your voice, in a sense? They Once I sing it, they do. Right. And then there's that sense that when you speak them, they then come to life, they have a life of their own. Well, I'm looking at these these words now, and they look. It just looks really is, queer. Is, but is that the sort of scrapbook, as it were, <clears throat> from when you wrote that particular song? Just, we're just looking at all these lists of. Uh, it's like the football pool or something. <laughs> so there's uh, seven or eight lists of, of, of particular. My mouth is full of this stuff. <laughs> it's, it's just full of it. I get a bug. I get a bug for for words. Right. But um, but I don't know what any of them mean. Can you just read us some out? So run down one of those columns. Well, part of. I'll read you the first part of Will's Tales. Mm. Which I have no idea what it means, but. Well, where did you get them from? <laughs> I can't even remember. I right. mean, I get them, I just pull them out of, uh, foreign languages books and stuff right. like that. And, um. So you say that's the first part of Wales Tales, where yeah. you've just been here. I, mean, I think we've actually got a snatch of that. Maybe we could just play it in. Can you just tell us what those words are again? Can you just run through them again? Can you remember that? You know, I mean, when you get out there to they sing... They do, and the melody, you know, you just remember the melody. And, right. And uh, I don't know, I just, I just do. I just do. I mean, <clears throat> the music and the singing and the words created a feeling. And uh, I, I had a freedom doing this that I, I, I didn't have singing English. Um, and has your writing style changed since that oh, time? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just didn't have the courage to sing the, um, English. Right. I, I felt like, I felt like I was shark bait. I felt inadequate. I, I didn't feel, I didn't feel adequate as a lyricist and, um. So in a sense, there's a kind of a, a, a cover up there going on. Oh, there. yeah. It's a coping skill. Right. Really. And, and how does that work now? I mean, you know, like, you know, the last couple of albums. I may resort to this again. I mean, I, I, this stopped working for me. I just, 
it just did. Mm. And I found that when I tried to do this, I wasn't singing from my gut anymore. I wasn't, yeah. um, I just had to move on. And so I began to sing lyrics again that people would understand. Right. As, but, as in the lyrics on Heaven of Las Vegas and, and things like that. Yeah. I mean, there was still a bit of, um, this kind of stuff going on then, you know, yeah. sound rather than meaning. If you're into shoegaze, dreamy, hazy type of music, our final feature artist will be right up your alley. Meet Glaring. Glaring is the dark ambient solo project of Anna Neen from Germany. I tried doing some research on this project, but there is very, very little detail out there. While Glaring has a presence on Spotify, Bandcamp, and social media, there is actually almost zero biographical information and almost no captions on any of her social media content. But I think that all of this together, the undisclosed bio, minimalistic Instagram photos, and secretive lyrics all reinforce the nature of her work, which is very mysterious and elusive. All of Glaring's album covers are photos of landscapes in grayscale, such as clouds, shorelines, forests, and fields. Her effects-laden and echoey sound kind of resembles this overcast, desolate type of atmosphere, a little similar to the Icebias song that we heard earlier today. And while the lyrics are hard to make out, it seems like Glaring wants her work to sound like you're gliding through nature. So here it is. Let her whisk you away. This is Paralyzed by Glaring on Trinity Radio. That was the song Paralyzed by Glaring. And the final track of today's episode, if that kind of sound or mood appeals to you, I suggest following Glaring online. 
You can find Glaring on Bandcamp, which houses all of her social media accounts, Spotify, and music for purchase. And if you've made it to this point, you have made it to the end. Thank you so, so much for listening to today's episode of Trinity Radio. Although this podcast is a sort of one-sided discussion, I would love to connect on Instagram. Follow me at trinity.xm for more announcements and also some chit-chat. I'd love to hear your stories, experiences, and personal take on today's featured songs. That's all for today. I'm DJ Tesherine. See you in outer space. We are, we are.